Hardy. Oh, lore. Oh, well, I mean, of course, lore, because Brent Spiner's in the show, so it makes sense, because there's no more data. There's just yeah. lore. I'm like, who is she? Because she seems like she's somebody. Yeah, maybe maybe it'll be a reveal. She, it was a recast of someone who used to be on Next Gen or something. And it was the guy at the end. That That's Moriarty. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, he remember, the, or the holodeck Moriarty that went off to see the stars, because... <laughs> nice hello everybody thanks for joining us we will be back with our top five favorite horror video games a review of smile uh hocus pocus 2 and much much more we'll see you guys on the other side of our intro can't wait to talk to you yes i am filibusting right now because i did not have the intro logged in yet everybody welcome to the three geeks podcast we are back we are here we are excited to talk to you all about some fun stuff that's come out did anybody check out smile this weekend i wanted to i was going to do it either late today yeah. or later this week i wasn't able to i, w- I was watching other stuff at home <laughs> this movie for some reason I, I i might be the only one in america this movie terrified me and i not ashamed to admit it the imagery of them smiling like in the dark corners it just i even did this once because it's too much at one point but i went with like a 10 year old who was just sitting in their chair like this like not even impressed so it might just be me but something about that imagery just like really shook me um i really enjoyed this movie i like the ending very very much and i highly recommend it to anybody that's looking for something uh, horrifying to see this week this month i mean i mean i've been hearing i've been hearing some decent stuff about it like if it's actually like like you said, like unsettling and creepy. I'm just reminded a lot of that. Uh, what came truth or dare? Oh like, yeah. The, that smile the, was, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. It just remind me a lot of that. And I'm just like, <laughs> that's silly. Oh. But This might actually be good. So it is, uh, it's definitely more scary than truth or dare was for sure. Um, yeah, I guess it is getting good reviews. So that, that makes me very happy. But, um, the main character played by, uh, saucy bacon. I'm hoping I'm, saying that correctly. there's no way that's a person's name absolutely not <laughs> there's no way that's, yeah, wait a minute one second here let's get a dialect coach in here right, we got mike don't worry he's gonna I'm not on. dialect coach i'm just i'm just gonna try to phonetically <laughs> i just don't think saucy bacon Imagine i mean kudos, I mean, kudos to the parents if that's the case i mean yeah honestly <laughs> if it, i mean bacon probably i mean it's spelled like bacon so but i'd say like Saucy. Saucy. Saucy Bacon. Saucy Bacon. Got a brother named Saucy. It's great. <laughs> she, uh, she carries this movie on her shoulder. She does a fantastic job. Cal Penn, as a, uh, her boss, is terrific. Uh, Jesse Usher, who the only thing I've ever seen Jesse Usher in was Independence Day 2. So this is definitely a huge, huge step up from the performance I saw him give us in the previous movie. Was he, what's his name, son? Will Smith's son? Yeah. Oh, okay. But, um, yeah, no, this movie is a four and a half out of five for me. Personally. Oh, man, you liked it that much? I, I, I really did. I like. I don't want to get into the ending on here, but I like the ending. Cool. Oh, that I'm is excited to see it then. Yeah. Saucy. Saucy. Old Saucy Bacon. That's right. <laughs> I want, I want, if she has a child, she definitely should name that child Saucy. Everybody oh, should name their child Saucy. <laughs> Just middle name, at least. Saucy. <laughs> Let's not be naming our children saucy. What about ketchup? <laughs> Just like random mustard. Yeah. Name your kids saucy if you want them to grow up and become a stripper. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but um, 
right, ladies and gentlemen. You got, you got like an interview with her in like six months or something. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, um, how do we say your name? <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm sure you don't want us to refer you to you as saucy during this interview. But um, uh, the other thing I watched and um, was Hocus Pocus 2. And if anybody listens to this podcast, you know that I absolutely despise the first film. I don't know what it was. I watched it. I just I didn't get into it. But yesterday, Kylie was babysitting, and the ten year old said, "Would you watch Hocus Pocus two with me?" And I'm like, "Sure." I haven't seen it, dude. I laughed a lot. Cool. Have you seen it yet, Justin? Because I know you liked the. No, first I liked the first one. I, eventually, I'll get to it, but no, I have not seen it yet. What about you, Mike? Did you watch Hocus Pocus? It's funny. It, it landed some good laughs with me. Um, I like it when she's on the um, the electric like um, vacuum cleaners flying that's a fantastic little gimmick instead of having brooms because they only had two brooms so she got the uh automatic vacuum uh I, that was the first movie right she had a vacuum one of the witches had a vacuum cleaner too right it was, it was one of the plug-in walls but i thought so maybe i had only seen it once but uh <laughs> no the second one i laughed a lot so yeah. i i might it, it i think it's inspired me to go back and revisit the first one again mm-hmm. because I can't imagine liking this one and not liking the original. So maybe I was just not in the right headspace to watch the original when I watched it. Sure. Sure. But uh, yeah, this is uh three, three out of five. It's not like, it's not changing cinema in any shape or form. It's and not smile. I don't know how many times I'll revisit it, but not nah, dude. Smile, <laughs> smile impacted me because the movie smile is about um, dealing with past trauma and stuff. So like sure. it really sure. hits you in the feels. And, uh, Sorry, it was just a surface level joke, man. We gotta dive into it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we dive into it, Justin. <laughs> Die. But uh, yeah, three out of five for Hocus Pocus. Cool. That's I awesome. have one more thing I want to review, which is the Chucky premiere. Yeah. Um, if you guys like the first season of Chucky, this show is more of the same. It's fantastic. I love that the two lead characters are gay teenagers. I like what they're doing with the female character in this show as well. I like how they use the um, legacy cast within this series. And, man, Brad Dorf is just fantastic as Chucky. And he gets to play around with some different voices in the season two premiere. And I'm I'm all in on this series. It is – is Chucky series should not have been good, like, at all. Anybody who listens to our podcast knows that my cousin's dating somebody involved with the Child's Play show, movies, and series. And – I'm just so glad I didn't have to lie to her. Like, I really thought I'd have to lie to her. Like, yeah, that was great, you know? But no, it really is a good show. And um, I think that more people should check it out. Uh, yeah. it, it, it's Brad Dwarf. He's the guy from Blade, right? Am I totally off base? I know his last name was Dwarf. Dwarf. No, you're thinking of... Uh, Steven? Steven Dwarf. Yeah. Oh, okay. Steven Dwarf was the bad guy in Blade. Are they related? No. Or different spelling? Completely different spelling. Gotcha. Yeah. Brad, Brad Dwarf, Dwarf, he was in... The original Dune. He's he was in Lord of the Rings. He was Grima Worm Tongue. Oh, I love him. Yeah, he's really good. Yeah, he's uh, Exorcist Three over the Cuckoo's Nest. Exorcist Three is fantastic. Yeah, but um, yeah. So watch Chucky, everybody. Can I talk about my mediocre horror weekend? <laughs> of course you can. Course. I watched Werewolf by Night. Have you guys seen Werewolf by Night yet? The special? I have not yet. No, is it good? Do you like it's, it? It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm going to do for any Disney thing, I'm sure. But, like, uh, I mean, everyone's talking about it being, like, this game changer in terms of, like, oh, they're they're delving into, like, more mature, darker stuff. I'm like, not really. I mean, it's – it's it, the main thing I, I took away from it is, like, stylistically, it's pretty, pretty great because it is an homage to, like, you know, Universal Monster movies and oh, that's shot fun. in black and white and things. It, it does take some stylistic liberties that other Marvel shows haven't yet or other Marvel things haven't yet. Mm-hmm. The characters are still the same as they would be in any other Marvel product. Like, they're pretty disaffected by anything that's happening. Like, they sure. have a, they have this knowing kind of wink to the audience. Like, we know this is silly on some level, so we got to kind of mock it in our own kind of way. The main guy... He gets a little bit more invested in the emotions of certain aspects, but then Amelia just kind of reverts back to eh, the Marvel Universe. What a world, right? <laughs> so it's exactly the same like a lot of other Marvel products, but I'll give him kudos. Like stylistically, it's very different. Mm. Cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to checking it out. I'm I'm glad that it's not a series. I'm glad it was a one-off. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I've seen it yet, but I, I hope that if 
I hope down the line we get uh, maybe a few less series a year. Like we talked about this with John a few weeks ago, and uh, more of these specials I'd be okay with, and less series. But um, honestly, it clipped along really well for for a special. Like it's not even an hour, mm-hmm. but I I think that's fine if you're just gonna do these. I guess you could call them one shots. Yeah, whatever. just tell your story, right? Like long just tell your story, get in, get out. Yeah. We don't need to make it like a weekly reoccurrence like other shows or series because I don't think it really lends itself to that. Mm-hmm. There's only so many times you can watch a werewolf transform <laughs> and be like, I get it. <laughs> One of the horror movies I'm going to dive into this year that I've never seen, or if I have seen it, it was a long time ago, which is The Howling. Because I don't have a lot of werewolf movies in my back pocket that I can say, hey, I've seen this. Howling's good, man. I, I like the Howling, honestly. Scott, two, two in a, two in uh, two weeks. I know it's crazy. Good clip. I like how Scott <laughs> chose today to say he's going to be late, even though he's late every time he's on this show. Hey, well, let's actually, not let's not shame Scott. I want him to come back. <laughs> <laughs> I have Sorry, a reputation Scott. to, to keep right. up. <laughs> Did you watch the Hellraiser movie, Scott, by any chance? I haven't gotten to it yet, no. Okay. Oh, Mike, but, you did, though. How yeah. was it? Um, I've only seen Hellraiser 1 and Hellbound, the second one. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen any of the other myriad of Hellraiser sequels that came out <laughs> after those. This it feels like a fine enough follow-up to the first two movies. It, again, I haven't seen the 1,600 other Hellraisers. <laughs> this one seemed fine to me. I have one um, one question for you about it. Is it a sequel? I mean, it's playing in that like sequel, soft reboot, total okay, remake type of thing. Because like, I, I looked it up just to see like, because the pinhead in this, you know, is being played by a different, uh, well, an actress, and their only title is uh, the priest, and I can't remember if that's what original pinhead was called in the first film or not off the top of my head but i don't think could... so i'm not i can't don't quote me on that okay so it could be it could be just another cenobite you know that just happens to have pins in its head or it could just be a total reimagining of pinhead I, it worked for me um dr luca from er has never looked like he's had more fun uh <laughs> it gets silly in the third act. it gets a little silly in the third act but i feel that's the way it goes with a lot of hellraiser stuff anyways because it goes big towards the end obviously with leviathan yeah. and all these weird hell world type of things but Just pop that box open yeah yeah i'm in i can't wait to check it out i um i like the concept of uh, hellraiser i've read the book and i've seen the first four three and a half movies i i checked out after uh, half of the fourth one but um I liked the first two. The third one was silly fun, and the fourth one I just found really boring. And then I was like, I don't need to continue right now. I can pick up. I will say I was missing having like a truly hateful antagonist that we had in like the first two in the form of God. What was her name? Um, it's a girlfriend or a wife or whatever. The one that was just... yeah, the one that was cheating on with un- the uncle, and I can't yeah, remember yeah. her name. I forget um, her name too. Like, just remember, remember how much you were like, oh, this woman is terrible. Yeah, yeah she's like, going to get hers at some point. Yeah, yeah it's like <laughs> you're waiting for that come up. And so you don't really get that here in this particular movie, I felt like. There's comeuppance for characters, certainly, but it's not as satisfying as being like watching like an actual like hateful character that you're meant to hate finally get their own. Their own. Uh, was it Julia? Julia? Uh... Nope, she was. I think she's the protagonist. Yeah, Julia or Christy are the two female leads, character-wise. Well, no, I mean it's it's the one it's the older woman who's having the affair with the uh, okay. the uncle. Yeah, and she like allow she like abates him hiding out in the attic to kill people. Yeah, hmm. she lures them upstairs and yeah. and they get murdered. Yeah, it's a good movie and book. Um, Dan had recommended I read um, there's a Hellraiser follow-up which combines some of the characters from Hellraiser and Lord of Illusion, I believe. So I picked that up. I'm going to read that soon. But um, yeah, no, I like the Hellraiser franchise and I thought the first two were pretty creepy. And uh, when they mentioned that they were rebooting it with a female, it piqued my interest because I like it when they, if they're going to re- bring something back, let's try it from a different angle is how I like to look at these things. And 
you know, then Doug Bradley started to jump on saying, hey, this thing is actually pretty good. And then Clive Barker, which I don't think Clive Barker has like, you know, put his backing behind any of these movies since the second one. So um, I started to get a little bit more excited and I can't wait to check it out. I'm going to check it out today, I think. Now I just need him to talk about bringing Nightbreed back. Jesus, I, I need my Nightbreed fix. Come on. You might get it. Uh, Scott, a lot of Star Trek dropped. Um, I want to talk to you more about Picard <laughs> Season 3 because I checked out of Season 2, um, and I don't know, man. Season 3, the trailer, it looks fun in the sense that I, I'm excited to see all these guys back together again. Did you see the trailer? I haven't. I heard it dropped. I haven't watched it yet. I saw the new Discovery trailer, um, which looks like kind of like more of the same. Um I have also been checked out of Discovery for like, I don't even know what season we're on now. I think I checked out sometime, like you, in season two. Um, I also didn't finish Picard season two. Uh, Discovery gets really good around, whenever they time jump into the future is when the show really starts to pick up. I think that was three. Okay. Two was just bad. And I know a lot of people, like it didn't get great reviews. You know, some people said they liked it, but I, I just couldn't get through it. So, but yeah, I have heard that it's kind of gotten a little bit better. I haven't watched Strange New Worlds yet. People say that's good. Mm-hmm, I hear that they say too. it's more like kind of the classic Trek format. So, um, I've just been watching so many other things. I haven't had time to get back to Star Trek, especially because I don't have much motivation to to watch it. So, um, but yeah, my whole thing with Picard season three, like I'm excited for them to get back together too, but. It just feels weird that they like had, you know, season one, which I, you know, thought had its moments, but overall didn't really care for it. Season two just kind of felt like a lot of running in place. And then now they're like, oh, we're going to bring everybody back for the last season. Like, I feel like they could have just done that for the first season. And then it feels like they were, I don't know if this was their plan all along or if they like realized they were losing a lot of people in season two because i know season two also wasn't very well, well received with all the weird like time travel stuff they, don't know how I, they filmed back to back right season two and three i believe so maybe as returns were coming on season two maybe there was a shift at some point being like <laughs> uh, let's let's just give up. the people what they want instead of uh telling the story that we had planned out because it's not working for us. Because I, I heard nothing good about season two did, from anybody. Um, but did they go into like the next se- into season two knowing that they only were going to do like one more? I was think that- so. Yeah, I think from the, beginning, yeah, from the very beginning, yeah, from the very beginning, they knew they were only going to have three seasons. Okay, which is why I thought that season two was just like a huge waste of time. Like the fact that they're like they're like time travel and they're so shocked with the state of things. It's like, yeah, that's how things were here. I don't know why everyone's so like horrified that things were shitty in 2024. Like yeah, they did like a whole, they did a whole movie about the fallout of the world war three type of thing. Like that's world war three is how you get to star Trek. Like yeah. that's, that's the whole point of the that's, show. That's first contact Picard. You were there. <laughs> Well, it's not him necessarily. It's like some of these other people. But again, like I don't know how you wouldn't know your history. Yeah, it's kind of like, um, so something happened in 1776. We're not quite sure, but yeah. <laughs> or the fact that like one of the guys is like, I'm gonna stay behind and help fix this. Like, wouldn't that like unless you know for sure that there's like some kind of weird time loop, wouldn't you not want to stay behind? Well, don't they have like? Is he like gonna fuck up the timeline? Shouldn't Picard be getting a visit from that agency or whatever that went to go see Cisco about the Tribbles thing? Yeah, the um, I don't know what their actual name is, but yeah, the the people, the temporal police or yeah, whatever from or trials and tribulations. Yeah, should, shouldn't the, he be getting a visit from them soon? Being like, um, so you know the rules, dude. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. So I don't know. Season two, like I said, just felt like a lot of jogging in place and now it feels like they're trying to either make up for season two or try and send it off on a positive note so i haven't seen the trailer yet but you know i will i i'll check it out i'll give it a chance like i did season two there'll be some familiar faces oh no fucking way familiar faces (laughs) um yeah it's 
I hope they fan service the crap out of season three for next generation fans and just end it on a positive note because that's the best way to go. Because uh, John Luke Picard, I mean, like I said, I liked season one. I didn't watch season two because nobody said anything positive to me about it. So uh, I just avoided it. But give the fans what they want. Like, let's have this one more adventure with this crew and then send John I mean, Luke Picard I, out on a positive. I don't think we need it. That's that's my whole thing. Like, I hope it's good. But like next gen wrapped up so well, like season seven wasn't the greatest. You could tell they were kind of running out of ideas. And I know there were issues in the writer's room. But like yeah. season seven ends on such a great note. Like you don't need to send him off on a positive note. He's been sent off well, before in the best here, way Scott. possible. We've already got the the retread of the two seasons. <laughs> so now we need to send him off on a positive note again. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of fan service, did anyone else watch uh, She-Hulk? Uh, I just watched season four. I am not caught up yet. No, but you can spoil it if you want. That's fine. Oh, I know uh, Daredevil's in it. Yeah, the Daredevil. He's in all the so... trailers. Yeah, oh, gotcha. Funny. I, I enjoyed it. Like I know, uh, I know people are like every week someone's complaining about She-Hulk for some reason. <laughs> but like I know some people are like, "That's not my Daredevil in a Netflix show." I'm like, "Dude, Daredevil isn't like Batman. He's not some grim, humorless dick all the time. Like he can have." He f- and also the like, "Oh, they're gonna kidify him." Like, remember Daredevil fought a dude called Stilt Man? <laughs> right. For comic book characters first and foremost, folks. Yeah. So Oh yeah, go ahead, Jason. Uh, plus, it's Daredevil on She-Hulk. Like da- Daredevil in the Spider-Man movie was pretty. I mean, Matt Murdock was a pretty serious guy, but this is in an Ali McBeal superhero type show. Like, he's not gonna be like dark and brooding the whole time. But that wouldn't fit the the tone. And it's just like I heard some people. Well, and also, so again, spoilers here: Daredevil and She-Hulk hook up, and people are like. Oh my gosh, how could he, you know, virtuous daredevil? How could he do? I'm like, daredevil gets around, man. Yeah. Like, even mm-hmm. it, like they established this in his own show back in the Netflix days. Like, he gets around. So, yeah. One night stand, daredevil would never. I read that. I think I read the same <laughs> review you did. Daredevil would never do that. Like, I love all the people complaining about the costume because they're like, I don't care if it's comics accurate. I don't like it. It's like they, they cherry pick when the comics. It's like source yeah. material matters, but as soon as it's like you know they bring the yellow costume, which I always thought you know yeah it's not like a very modern look, but I I kind of like his classic like especially I mean, like the all yellow with the red letters on it. I always like that look personally. Since like you know in the Netflix show, <laughs> what's up, Paul? <laughs> yeah. uh, a shout out to Paul. Paul was with me on the uh, Scene Snobs three year anniversary show last Thursday. Uh, Paul's a good dude. Uh, I mean, especially since like in the Netflix show, like they they kept him mainly in the, like that black that black leotard like mm-hmm. outfit for the most part, and you know that's I mean he wore that briefly in the comics, but like he wasn't in his traditional yeah. Daredevil outfit for a majority of the show, so it's like and it still worked, so it's fine. No, but, I yeah, they, they really leaned into the man without fear look for a good <laughs> chunk of season one. Yeah. One one of the things I liked about episode four, uh, <laughs> let's go back five episodes, was the fact that like in the opening of uh, episode four, or maybe it was three, they acknowledged that uh, like they acknowledged the fans' criticism. Like, my Hulk isn't a female. Like, why can't she get her own name? Why does she have to be She Hulk? And I, I I found that funny that they were you know they're really they were I mean they're ahead of the curve with regards to that because I mean they we went knew to the it was coming. That was coming because it's so predictable. It's a grift at this point to have those talking mm-hmm. points. It's just like it's a worn out and tired grift too. Because this episode actually calls back to the premiere a little bit, which a lot of like those fans were getting worked up about. Where in the first episode, Jen's saying like, "I have to control my anger all the time, so I'm infinitely more efficient at it than you are." And everyone's like, "Oh, but because she's a woman or whatever." And it's like, no, that pays off in this episode because this whole show has been about like. How are we going to get her to a breaking point? And this episode was about that breaking point. So it's not like, oh, we're going to throw this in there because she's a woman and woman can do no wrong. It's like, no, that's what we call, I don't know, a journey for a character, a character arc, <laughs> development. It's like, it's amazing what happens if you actually like watch the whole show and not have like one isolated scene in the premiere taken out of context. <laughs> Crazy. Right. Right, it's crazy, yeah, absolutely crazy. Uh, I had a friend over yesterday, and we were talking about superhero movies, and um, 
you know, back in the day, we only had like the one superhero movie every two years. So when like Fantastic Four came out, we were all super excited over a movie that was mediocre at best. <laughs> <laughs> and now we get mostly good content or some good content out of the superhero stuff and people still complain about it it's just it's ridiculous just like if it's not for you don't watch it just shut up about the whole female thing because nobody cares nobody that matters nobody that has sense cares i think we're kind of getting to the point where you know it's it's kind of a, a reflection of the comics there's so much stuff out there and there's varying levels of quality like not everything is going to be you know, in Iron Man one, in terms of tone and production values and stuff, because like that's how the comics were. Like, there's so much variety just in, you know, Marvel comics. Even just within like, oh, you know, Spider Man's run, there's like all different kind of things happening. So like, you don't have to read and watch everything. You know, I do like the uh, uh, Ali McBeal influence on She-Hulk. Like, I love this type of show, and um, I'm glad that Episode Nine is great because I was. After reading that review, I'm like, is Daredevil really that bad in this episode? And then hearing Mike say that he was fine makes me very happy. (laughs) (laughs) He's consistent. Charlie Cox doesn't turn in, you know, he doesn't sleepwalk in that role. Like, he's good. Mm -hmm. It works. And so, yeah. And, I mean, this, and that's the thing, too, is that, like, yeah, this isn't meant to be in the vein of, say, a Captain America or an Iron Man or Avengers movie. It's like, She-Hulk is supposed to be fun and meta. That's... Mm -hmm what the best known She-Hulk comics were. Like, she would talk to her writer. She'd talk to John Byrne through the panel and be like, you're really putting me up against Toad Men, Byrne? It's like... I I do want to touch on one more thing before we get into our top five, which is uh, Ryan Reynolds released uh, Ryan Reynolds' um, tease for Deadpool 3 and very Ryan Reynolds' vein, and I loved every second of it. I love all the Hugh Jackman puns that were in the video, and... Um, I like that they made a second video where he's like, yeah, um, Logan died in 2029. We're nowhere near that time period. So everybody, like, just chill. (laughs) 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 Jackman, let let the boy, let my boy collect his check. Yeah. The man, the man has wanted to be in an MCU movie since like 2007. Like, let him be in this. Dare, or Deadpool MCU film and make his. And he's getting older. He's getting older. If he wants to do the work to get his body back into like Wolverine shape, dude, it was him. in that video. Did you see his veins were like popping I'm, out? I'm sure. I'm just saying, like that's a lot. I've watched interviews of him. They talk about it. Like it's miserable for him to get ready for that role. I'm looking forward to the two of them together because they seem to have some kind of bromance. Even in uh, Deadpool One, there's a lot of Hugh Jackman references. If if they swill for Reynolds' gin, though. <laughs> I swear, like I, I know Deadpool's supposed to be very meta and stuff, but I swear I see one bottle of aviation gin in that movie though. I, that well, will that be my is, uh, company. I'm gonna be like, I get it, dude. You love your gin. Please stop reminding me about it. <laughs> yeah, what's the what's is a quick mobile? What's the mobile company? Oh my god, Boost. yeah, yeah, Boost. Boost. Boost Mobile or something. Boost Boost with aviation. Just doesn't, layer in there. Doesn't Hugh Jackman have his own gin too? Yeah. Well, they're just taking shots of their own gin at the start of the movie. Their own gin. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. I think you're going to get a gin reference if they're both in the movie. <laughs> Other than that, I'll probably be okay with the movie. But you better believe I'll have a five-minute tirade about, like, we need to do something about our product placement in movies. We need to be better. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's do our top five uh, horror video games. Uh, this list is exciting. Yep. I was trying to come up with something, and we haven't never done this, I don't think, on the show before. So uh, well, I might have. I feel like we've talked about something of it, but it's all good. We think a refresh twenty twenty two version. So, and we're still gonna do to delay because Max is on the podcast and he doesn't like horror. So <laughs> yeah, that's true. We um we we're still gonna do our remake revolution of a children's classic especially now that we have another children's classic being remade into a horror movie mike teller the good folks about it uh, the grinch yeah it's called the mean one i believe and cindy luhu or i'm probably not gonna be cindy luhu because copyright but she comes back to town after like her family was slaughtered by the green man or whatever and is seeking revenge but uh, you mentioned remake revolution and i just want to say one of our past remake revolutions is a reality Kind of, sort of, because Mario Brothers movie. That's all. 
Oh yeah, we've done video a couple. Games, tying into video games, so we willed Mario and we willed um, the Winnie the Pooh movie into the world. <laughs> I'm just saying, Jack Black's in in a Mario movie, and I think we predicted that. Oh my God, man! I love his Bowser voice. I think I said that in the comments. Like that was my takeaway from the trailer. <laughs> it's funny that yeah, Jack Black is getting praise. Chris Pratt, it's like, what is it's that? Destroyed. I did see a fun tweet. It's like. It's I, I can't unhear it now either. It's like it sounds like Linda Belcher from Bob's Burgers. <laughs> what a yeah, good note. Yeah. yeah. What a good like, note. I, I can't unhear it now. It's like really good. I thought I thought Chris Pratt was going to be awfully dreadful in the thing. So the fact that I didn't find it absolutely dreadful, it, the voice didn't really bother me. But I um I can see the complaints because it is just Chris Pratt with a slight Boston twist to it. Yeah. I'm glad that Chris Pratt's not trying to phone in an Italian accent, though. <laughs> like, yeah, that would be worse. That makes me happy. Uh, that sounds dope as hell. The Grinch horror film, I'm all about that. What yeah, if I Krampus is just driving the Grinch around, throwing it Damn. into like... <laughs> well, no, it wouldn't be Krampus. It would be Max. Max is like an Italian oh, yeah, dog. Yeah. Where he's like Cerberus with antlers. That'd yeah. be terrifying. It's a chihuahua mauling people. <laughs> all right, folks. I'm going to go first with my favorite, fifth favorite video game or movie show. And I think the reason, game, sorry. I, I was like, we're going to shows, are we? Because I definitely did not do that. This is a new <laughs> game. And I think the reason it made my list is because I'm currently playing it and absolutely enjoying it. And that's the Evil Dead game that came out a few months ago. I love everything about it. You're Ash in this world. And it's fantastic. And the game is creepy. Like, it's not just... You know the campy fun from two and three. It is has genuinely genu, genuine creeps in it, and I I love this game. It's so much fun. Sweet. Is there Let's a bonus level where you get beat up by Sam Raimi? <laughs> <laughs> Not like, that I know of. That's a thing. Like that'd be kind of awesome if you just have like a digital Sam Raimi come in and just like whack you over the head with a ruler or something, or push you down a <laughs> yeah. hill. Or what was the story? Bruce Campbell fucked up his leg on the first Evil Dead, and so Sam Raimi just throughout production would be poking his knee. <laughs> I love those guys' friendship, and I think <laughs> I'm gonna say this. This might be a bold statement; it might not, but I think Evil Dead is the most consistent horror franchise because even the remake was fantastic. I I watched the first two last night before I went out. I was like, I'm gonna watch Evil Dead and Dead by Dawn because like, they're all good to great. Like, there's not even a lull in them. And I'm looking forward to Evil Dead High Rise that's coming out soon. Evil, I think it's just Evil Evil Dead Rise. Okay. <laughs> evil, evil Dead High Rise. That's not that rock movie with horror. I haven't watched all of it, but Ash vs. Evil Dead was really good from what I saw of it, too. Ash and company get aloft in Midtown. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't mention the show. The show was... I liked the show a lot, too. So. The show was amazing. It was everything you loved about Evil Dead 2, I would say. And Army of Darkness. It's very yeah. Army of Darkness-esque mm -hmm. in terms of tone, I would say. When he is, uh, that sequence with him and the dead body in season two, just, I laughed so hard for so long. I watched it like four times in a row because I never thought I needed to see that. And um, I saw it and I'm like, holy shit, I can't believe I went my whole life without seeing this. <laughs> is, it, is, it, is it still streaming on a platform somewhere? I think it's on Netflix. Yeah, it's, it's on, on Netflix, Netflix, I think, yeah. yeah. I'll have to uh, catch up. I only saw the pilot back in the day, so I'm gonna have to catch up on it. Yeah, yeah. you'll love it, Mike, if you love that franchise. Uh, Justin, what is your number five? My number five is a game I played a lot with a bunch of friends, which was a lot of fun. Left for Dead. Hell yeah! You just run through different movie sets. I think they were movie sets, and just kill zombies and different things. It's a lot of fun. You play. You're like actors, I think, right? And like you're just trying to run through scenes, and it's a lot of fun. I don't think it's the context of acting. Oh no! It just—I forgot, wasn't it? I thought it was. Uh, thought, either way, it's a great game. There might Fair be enough. a game that's like that, but I mean, at least in terms of like the context of the game, it's played, you know, as you're in universe. So. Oh, I gotcha! I gotcha. But yeah, Left 4 Dead, Left 4 Dead Two. It didn't make my—it almost made my list. But yeah, I—I 100% agree. I had a lot of fun with those games. I haven't played them in a while, but they're—they're they're super. Like they're still playable to this day. Oh yeah, that's that's kind of why I did. I brought it up like three or four months ago. A couple of buddies and I got online and played Left 4 Dead 2 and it still holds up pretty well. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. What's up, Scott? What's your number five? 
My number five is the original Doom. Oh, that's a fun one. Um, it's not, you know, it's not as scary a game as some of the others on my list, but even today, like, it's still got some creepy imagery. Um, and uh, I remember way back in the day, um, we got there was a guy named Justin Fisher made a total conversion that turned it into an aliens game that was even more creepy. And I played the hell out of both of those growing up. And I know I've still got the wad files around here on a hard drive kicking around. So uh, very effective. Uh, and yeah, they both hold a special place in my heart. I remember before school, every morning at six 30, me and Amit would wake up to play doom with each other. And from six 30 to six, like seven 15, that's the time it took us to get connected to each other. And then we would play for about half a game and somebody's mom or dad would pick up the phone and then the game would freeze. And then that was our morning. We played half of Doom after, you know, we'd wait 45 minutes to play Doom with each other only to get kicked off. Which kids, back in the day, if somebody picked up the phone, uh, you didn't have any session. Wait, Mike, where are you at? Uh, my number five is... Uh, Ghostbusters, the video game for the Xbox 360. Nice. Uh, I should have paid mine, too. That's good. I, I, I genuinely like this game. I feel it's more of a sequel than Ghostbusters Afterlife ever could be. I mean, because you got you get all the original cast members back while they were still alive. Um, you got an actually, like, cool story that, you know, it's funny how Afterlife kind of echoed this with, like, let's lean into Gozer and Shandor stuff. A little bit more and this like this video game did it first it's got great atmosphere to it like i'm legitimately creeped out whenever i'm in the hotel the sedgwick hotel then there's like that ghost fisherman gordon's fisherman ghost that is like wandering the hallways like i'm freaked out whenever there's the black widow uh spider ghost woman and then you're in like cemeteries and stuff like it's actually like a creepy game but still funny still engaging and the cast is Except for Bill Murray, the cast is really invested. That was gonna, what I was going to say. My only downside to the game is Bill he's, Murray is obviously bored when he's reading his script. He's so tired. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he, he's having like he, he's supposed to be the his love interest is like Alyssa Milano, I think, is voicing the love interest. Yeah, and the whole time he's just like, yeah, well, you know, maybe we can have some private counseling session. Yeah, some of it sounds like he's literally reading. <laughs> it's still funny. It's Bill Murray. Like even Bill Murray reading is fun. But uh, yeah, yeah, I agree with about that game wholeheartedly. It's fantastic, and that that you know parts of it were supposed to be in the original Ghostbusters three film. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you feel like a Ghostbuster in there. I think that's a cool thing too. Is they just make you a faceless, speechless, nameless Ghostbuster. That's fine. I'll take that. Reacting. I love talking to the painting and the the firehouse. Oh yeah, Vigo. It's like trolling you in the firehouse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my number four is Nightmare on Elm Street on the NES. I think this game. This game scared me when I was a kid. Um, I I loved this game so much, and it never. It doesn't get the love that I think it deserves for what it was back then. But uh, yeah, it's fun. Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, my number four. You know, folks played the forest, but you kind of yep. crash. Yeah, it's a uh, you're a character that crash lands, I think, from an airplane, Scott. Right, and and it mm-hmm. is just terrifying. Like I, I actually went when you started the game off, you go down like this pit, and if you take a wrong turn, you meet like a mutant that has like eight arms, and it terrified me. You can play it in VR, you can play it with friends. Um, it's just a cannibal tribe that's trying to eat you, I believe, for the most yep. part. But uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and you're looking for your son who you lose in the crash. So, um, yeah, it's it's really scary, especially like at night. Mm-hmm. I'm glad Scott can support me in the forest. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> since I watched it or played it, really. Cool. All right, Scott, where are you at? All four? right, my number four is Amnesia: The Dark Descent. Oh, that's a good one. Um, if you haven't played it, it's it was. The same people who made the Penumbra games, if that means anything to you. Um, but it's a game where you're basically this kind of Victorian English gentleman and you wake up with no memory in this dark, spooky castle. And there's kind of like a note to yourself with an end goal. Um, and you just have to get through the game. You don't have any kind of 
methods of defense. You're like a, you know, there's nothing you can do to the the monsters. And yeah, it's it's very effective and very creepy. So definitely worth a check out or watch a let's play or something if you don't want to spend the money on it. But it's yeah. usually like on sale for pretty cheap on Steam or good old games or whatever. So I've seen I've seen some let's plays of it. Yeah, it looks like it's trip it looks trippy. Yeah, so it is it is a very interesting game. So and and still pretty scary, even though it's aged a decent amount by this time. Um, my number four is uh, Prey, also for the Xbox 360, the original one. Uh, maybe more sci-fi, but I mean, it's basically like you and a couple of other people in your town are like abducted mm -hmm. all in one go by aliens, and you have to, you're just kind of dumped into the ship and have to figure out how to get out of there. Um, and it's creepy. Like the ship, the interiors are like extremely like unsettling. Like it gets gory and graphic as it goes along. A lot of body uh, horror for sure. Yeah, a lot of body horror in it. So I'm like, okay, this is working for me quite a bit. I don't, I can't remember if I ever beat it though. Hmm. I can't remember if I ever beat the game. I got pretty far in it, but I was just like, man, this is a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's a game that's in like a weird like rights hell thing so there hasn't been like a, a modern release of it in a really well, long time didn't they try like a next gen version of but it had nothing to do with yeah the pre-established one the current gen prey the one with the like weird like mimics that you know can take the form of creatures and objects and stuff i think might have like a reference to the original or something like that but it's basically its own thing nice all right, my number three is, this is going to surprise a lot of people. Uh, the first Resident Evil game I ever played was Resident Evil 5. Um, that one's not scary. Uh, Resident Evil 7 is my number three because when I was playing this game, and I've played since then, but I, I had to pick this one because like I generally, there's a scene in this game where I got terrified to the point where I screamed and like everybody in the house ran to the living room to check on me. Like The game scared the shit out of me. And uh, I I still love this game, and I since then I've gone back and played the others. It's just a great franchise, but yeah. It what was the part that made you scary. scream? It's something in the house. I don't remember. I think it was the old man, <laughs> old man chasing me. I don't know. I get really into it. So, <laughs> Justin, what do you what, what are you number three? Uh number three, uh, phasmophobia. More so with with friends. Make sure you play with friends. I think, but it's a lot of fun to kind of go ghost hunting in houses in vr and or not in vr and just right there at your desk but i really liked that game it, it was a novel idea when i first played it i think a year and a half ago two years ago but it's just a lot of fun um it can get repetitive after a while and you probably stop being scared but like i really enjoyed it awesome. i haven't played it but it looks like a lot of fun mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay uh, my number three, we have a we have a tie, but I think it it's warranted since they're sequels. Are uh, Dead Space one and two? Oh, I, that's sweet. I've uh, heard a lot of good things about this franchise. That, the, that's actually higher on my list. That was I, like that that game scared the bejesus out of me, Scott. That first yeah. one, <laughs> coming out of the rafters or whatever the vents. Like, yeah, oh, that's for me. <laughs> um, yeah the the first one, it took me a while to warm up to it. Because it is kind of like a, um, it, you know, it, it, it wears its references on its sleeve. So, but you, you kind of get to appreciate it more mm -hmm. that you like to play it. So it's it's just really solid gameplay. Um, they still hold up really well. Uh, if you're playing the PC version of the first one, make sure you get the mo the mouse uh, fix. Otherwise, it's really hard to play. But um, yeah, one and two are just just solid, solid third person shooter horror games. So definitely worth your time. Awesome. Uh, three for me, that would be Friday the 13th, uh, the game, the online one that okay. was released a few years ago. Uh, I got to play a couple, you know, quite a few rounds of it and so forth. It, it's fun. I, I definitely, whenever I, whenever I think in a horror movie, like, why don't they do this? Or why aren't they more logical? Like, I get it now. I get it why <laughs> decisions happen because, first of all, good luck trying to get your team organized on trying to get out of there. 
Like, oh my god, yeah. No one listens to one another. <laughs> it's just like everyone just snatches up stuff before you can get to it. It's like, let's get the car going here. Who's got the gas can? No one's got the gas can. What the hell, guys? We know the car needs gas. <laughs> Who wants to drive? Oh my god, you don't know how to drive in this inverted joystick? <laughs> oh come on, it's more fun to be Jason. Oh yeah, definitely, <laughs> man. Do you have the game? I I, I downloaded it. Um, like I said, a couple years ago, and I, I haven't been on, you know, obviously in a long time. But I do remember the initial, like, just because I wanted to play as as Jason Voorhees, but that that's the crapshoot. Like, yeah. more often than not, you're a counselor. And it's, like... <laughs> it's a fun experience, though. Uh, overall, the game is fun. But um, I agree, Mike. It's a good game. Uh, my number two is Stubbs the Zombie. This was nice. A- Really hard to find game uh, for a while. Came out on the Xbox. I think the Xbox version goes for an absurd amount of money. But they recently re-released it on the three uh, previous gen systems: the Switch, the Xbox One, and the PS4. And man, do I love this game! Uh, got it from the kids for Christmas on the Switch, and I played it again. It's about a little zombie who falls in love. He's just trying to find his love again later on in the game, and you just go through eating brains. It's fantastic. Solid choice for sure. Stubbs the zone. I'll have to check it yeah. out. Yeah, man. You'd like it, I think. Uh, I think uh Paul's got some Yeah, Paul had some had a comment. I'm not the most elaborate gamer. I love to Doom 3, the quarry. I want to check out the quarry. Uh Dead by Daylight's another one I want to check out. Uh yeah. Little Nightmares. I did enjoy the horror elements from Dishonored. Dis- yeah, Dishonored's it's more, I mean, steampunk steampunkish than anything else, but like they, there's definitely a lot of like really creepy stuff elements to dishonored yeah doom 3 solid pick i know a lot of people like to shit on that game but i i really have a soft spot for doom 3 nice doom. anybody else played the quarry yet i have not no i played little nightmares uh one and two and they both are very creepy nice all right where are we at who are we on uh, i think justin is okay. up justin you're muted buddy talking for so many minutes um, <laughs> <laughs> um but no th- I, I feel like this is kind of a loose add to this list but I, when i first heard horror kind of the category um i was thinking bioshock and i was specifically thinking bioshock infinite this yeah. is such a good story but it's a very dystopian like thing but that game really sucked me in terms of the storyline kind of following dewitt around and uh or, that's not the right name right is it dewitt yeah, Booker do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, following him around and watching him his timeline shift and, and trying to get his daughter back. It was I really liked it. If you had yeah. not played Bioshock Infinite, please do. It, I, it I, is a good game. And it is like it's not the, the scariest game in the series. I would say it doesn't lean into great. the horror as much, but like yeah. just that kind of opening when you're walking through and like it's just kind of like unsettling, and then suddenly when the entire populace turns on you, like it is very yeah. unnerving and creepy. Yeah. yeah. Just the atmosphere. I'm not even sure it was like directly scary, but it was just like the, the uneasiness. Yeah, there's, the there's a lot of tension. And then when they finally do turn hostile, it is very effective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we are being told gents by Three Geeks Podcast. I think that's George. Hi, George. It's George. Hey, George. We're <laughs> <laughs> very consistent. Hey, George. All right, Scott. Uh, where are we at? Number two. Okay. Uh, my number two is a, a recent game. Sort of um, Alien Isolation. Oh, that is good. Um, I love everything about this game. I'm I'm part of that camp that you know neither are bad films, but I prefer the first Alien to the second. Um, and I love that they did so well to capture everything about that movie for this game. The the old you know neon CRTs and all the that you know 1970s like technology. What they imagine the future. To look like and the fact that the the singular alien is just like so much of a threat you know aliens is is great but like the fact that you know just one well spoilers but you know just one is wreaking so much havoc on this station you know they definitely kind of toned them down they're kind of like cannon fodder in the second one even though just one it can be deadly but the fact that it's you and one alien and like nobody can kill it and your weapons aren't effective because it's so big and tough is is very scary oh man the anxiety that you get uh worried that an alien is going to pop out at any given moment in that game is just uh, it's amazing yeah and like especially on the harder difficulty where like 
it it does kind of get a little unfair because it always seems to be near you and like you basically <laughs> have to crouch walk everywhere. Um, but the fact that you like always have to be aware of like how much noise you're making and the path that you're going to take is it's just great. So definitely, definitely worth a worth a look. Good pick. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, uh, my number two is The Last of Us. Uh, just because of how quickly the first game drew me into its world. And it's not like outright like horrific all the time. I mean, it is. You know, the creatures are terrifying looking and it's just a slog of misery throughout the whole game. But man, does it draw you in. Like that opening, that opening scene on, what was it, Breakout Day and so forth. Like that absolutely had me because I invested in this character of Joel and then later on Ellie and so forth. And like, it, I don't know, it, it affected me quite a bit to be playing the game so much so that when more horrific stuff happens, like I felt this genuine sense of dread and uh, pressure building up with regards to what's going to get me first, the kind of sort of fungus zombies or the shitty humans. <laughs> like, so yeah, I'm excited for that show too. Oh yeah, like I, the show looked kind of, kind of boss, honestly. Yeah, yeah, it was a very effective trailer for the show. Uh, good pick. My number one, even though my whole list should be shifted over, I just because I thought of a game that would be should be my number one. But I'm going to stay true to the list I wrote down. I'll bring it up in the honorable mentions. But my number one is the Friday the Thirteenth NES game because it is the game I've played most in my life out of any other game. I freaking loved that as a kid i could never get past the first day as a kid and um every time jason popped on the screen my anxiety i get scared it was great uh, friday the 13th game is fantastic as long as you can be mark because once mark dies the entire gameplay is screwed <laughs> <laughs> um my number one was dead space but i'll, I'll give you just a, a bonus one um alan wake walking around oh. Yeah, trying to stay in the light because there's a, a freaking monster here to eat you. Always a lot of fun. It's very good. I like the episodic base mm-hmm. of the game. I'm glad you can buy it again. Yeah, yes. agreed. <laughs> Definitely good choice. Mm-hmm. All right, Scott, where are you at with number? Okay, one? my number one, uh, Resident Evil Four. Nice. Uh, this isn't just my favorite horror game. It's it's probably I'm like my Top five, at least top ten uh, favorite games of all time. Um, I know a lot of people don't like the departure from the the more slow, you know, maze-like mansions and tank controls and stuff like that. But uh, I, I love Resident Evil 4. It, everything about it is, is just so great. And it's not always the most scary game because you got, you know, Leon and, and other weird kooky characters cracking lame lines and stuff like but but that's kind of like part of its charm is the campiness to it but it, it can be very creepy um not so much you know i've played it so many times it's kind of lost its effect but it it's just just a fantastic game so mm-hmm. that style of gameplay is what the franchise has been based off since resident evil 4 oh yeah it, and it's except when they you know did the the switch to first person for seven but um yeah it's it's been and even just like other games have taken inspiration from resident Evil Four. like a lot of games like dead space took their inspiration from that kind of gameplay style for sure so it definitely refined the third person shooter formula nice nice um before i get to my number one i was just i don't know i, I was a little flabbergasted like no silent hill call outs here like i was figured silent hill was like up there with some people silent hill is a great game i never actually got around to playing it Oh, okay. Yeah, That's I haven't. Okay. I know one and two were like you know, pretty like favorite games in terms of horror, but I have actually never played a Silent Hill game. Yeah. So, well, I, I can't guess... really put it on my list, even though I've heard so many good things about all of them. I, I'm in that category too. I never played the game. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was just, I, I just figured like. Oh, that's fair. But um, I was, I was a Nintendo kid, not a PlayStation kid. So. Oh, I see. I was my number one, uh, Dead Rising. Yeah, oh, that's, that's fun. It is the closest I'll ever get to a Dawn of the Dead simulator. <laughs> like, it's just unabashedly fun mm-hmm. for me. Like, it's not really horrific, 
Like I'm I'm pretty desensitized to the zombie antics, but like it's just fun. I just run around that shopping mall and just get into I like, I don't even care about the main storyline thing. Like I just I just want to do stuff in that mall <laughs> and hack away. It's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I spent a lot of time in college playing that game. It was a lot of fun. Uh, good game. I the, the game that I should have had on my list, but I, I didn't play it a whole lot. I more so watched somebody else play, but I think it has some of the best writing in video games, which is the Telltale uh, Walking Dead series. I think that franchise is fantastic. I was yes. on the edge of my seat the entire time Tony and I were playing together. Like we were so fiending for season the final season that like I went to the library and got it from there because <laughs> it's hard to replay those games like in succession so i didn't want to buy it because they were all on game pass except for the final season even the the spinoff michonne series was really good um i i hope that they make some more down the line i even picked up the clementine comic book uh i haven't read it yet but uh i, I didn't love that, that company didn't that company go out of business yeah, yeah, picked yeah, it yeah it's, they it's were really bought. sad what happened yeah. to them and yeah. like their employees yeah they have there's games starting to come out again from people involved with that yeah. so I think the company got reacquired. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed those games a lot. I didn't play all of the newer stuff. Like, I played the whatever season two was, but I know they had, like, yeah, more, like, Adult Clem and, like, yeah, the Michonne spinoff, and I never played those. I think I finished around season two. Oh, you should keep going, man. The story is just, it's still good. And, like I said, yeah. I was so excited that Clementine's story gets to live on in comic book form. But um, this is the best Walking Dead thing, in my opinion. I even like it better than the comic books, and the comic books are great too. So, yeah, yeah, that's my honorable mention, which probably should have been my one if I had played it a little bit more myself instead of just watched it happen for me. You should play um, Wolf Among Us as well. I've heard heard good good things about Wolf Among Us. It's Uh, it's super. I need to replay it, and I know they're coming out with a second one, but it it is super good. I enjoyed the comic book because the comic books, whatever, because that's mm-hmm. that wolf is from. I think comic books. I think it came that came first before the game. I yeah, the, I know the comic books are a bit older too. Yeah, I grabbed the Batman Telltale games off of a Nintendo sale, and those are pretty good. I, I think I've heard all the Telltale games. Has anybody played the Game of Thrones one? No, I saw I saw it played a little bit. I know it's based off the show and not the books. Yeah, oh. I played I played it briefly, but not enough to give you any type of opinion on it. It was very very short. Um, they made a Back to the Future one as yep. well that I played. That was like one of their first ones. Ago. Yeah, it was like one of their very first ones. That one I remember they made they made a Bone video yes. game. And I was like, I was kind of excited about that because I'm like, I'm a big fan of Bone from Jeff Smith. So Yeah. yeah, it, because the the company went under, I know I don't know if you can get all their stuff. I know it's like a little weird getting some like I don't know if you can get the Back to the Future one still. Um yeah, it's it's pretty sad. Oh, Back to the Future, another good one. Like Mike said with the Ghostbusters game, it's a good uh, fourth movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's not really horror. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, could be. Messing yeah. with time travel is horrific. That's true. <laughs> You've affected the timeline. Now we're all Cheers, Paul. Yeah, Dead Rising's awesome. I'm going to probably yeah. play some more once we're done here. <laughs> oh, yeah. I haven't played Dead Rising in a long while. Fun. Sweet. Sweet. Good list. Nice. Uh, yeah, I got a couple honorable mentions unless anybody else. Go for it. Go ahead, do it. Uh first on my list for honorable mentions almost made it was the first Outlast game. Uh mm-hmm. super creepy. I played the hell out of it. Is that the one um, with uh you you have a camcorder running? Yeah, you're you're the um journalist who's yeah. in the insane asylum. That's right. And yeah, you kind of like amnesia, you can't fight back, you just have to kind of run away. And the doctor's not wearing pants. That's true. Yeah. Your doctor doesn't do that normally? <laughs> <laughs> um, second one's kind of worth a, a look, too. I, it, I didn't like it as much, but it's it's okay. Um, and then any of the Alien vs. Predator games are oh, also yeah. very good. Um, especially the first one. AVP Gold is just like probably my favorite Alien game besides Isolation. You know what I would always want to, what I'd be curious about is if someone made like a current gen game based off of a universal movie monster, like a faithful kind of interpretation. That would be fun. Like I know we had like Vampire, yeah. and, but I didn't hear great things about Vamp- Vampire. 
mm-hmm. or anything like that. But like, oh yeah, that was the one where you have to like eat your friends or whatever. Yeah, yeah. you are the vampire. Yeah, yeah. the vampire. Yeah, but like I, a Frankenstein. I, I would love like a Frankenstein game that actually kind of Black Lagoon. Black like Lagoon. you're just kind of hunting the 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 monster. Just like you see the wake of the monster for Frankenstein, or if you're a virtual, or just do a VR like you are the monster and you got to figure out like how your body works. <laughs> That'd be fun. <laughs> my, my arm keeps falling off on Tuesdays. <laughs> <laughs> just like really out there stuff, just with classic movie monsters. That'd be kind of cool. That would be awesome. The I would I've always wanted a Nightmare on Elm Street game like with a modern console because I think there's a lot of fun you could explore in creating levels for that. Yeah, because the sky's the limit on what the levels could be. Yeah, because they're someone's dreams. Yeah. Now you're Remember? playing with power. <laughs> 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 All right, everybody. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining us and tuning in. Um, it's always fun to hang out and talk. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Recycle your droids. See you. <laughs>